welcome to Inside Surgery, a podcast from the European Association for Endoscopic Surgery. So welcome back to Inside Surgery. I'm joined by Sonia Chiapetta uh, from Italy, but who originates from Germany. And she's very kindly just contributed a green screen piece to camera. How was that for you? It was a great new um, yeah, experience. Lovely. And could you just introduce uh, the hospital or university you work with and, and what your area of specialism is? Yeah, I'm um, working as the head of biatric and metabolic surgery at Hospital Evangelico Betania, which is in Naples, Italy. Um, I am a general surgeon, but focused my career on biatric and metabolic surgery. Yeah, AIS is innovation and um, when you are a surgeon, you're always want to improve yourself Um, for the patients obviously because um, you think about how to to perform surgeries better um, how to get a better outcome how to reduce complications and um, when you are a person who loves innovation you always try to find new ways which help yourself to adapt your skills um, in the best ways. In my opinion, also um, green... Green screen. Green screen. It's difficult to pronounce. Green screen um, can obviously help um, the, the, the surgeons, the doctors um, to, to give their presentations. But um, in my opinion, it would be also great to, to perform short videos for the patients to give information because the problem is um, when we are talking about obesity, obesity treatment, patients with obesity, um, there's a lack of information in the whole world. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we're interested in is how you can leverage technology to educate better. But I suppose we shouldn't just be thinking about the surgeons as uh, recipients of the education or the junior surgeons. We should also be thinking about the patients and the team and the colleagues and so on. Yeah, and this is education with innovation is the, uh, the key word, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. That, that's really interesting. Now, the, the piece of work you just did for us was about sleeve gastrectomy. Can you talk a bit about that procedure and a bit about the talk that you've given? Because you gave a long-form talk upstairs in uh, one of the auditoriums and you've just done a succinct three-minute piece to us. So w- what is the current uh, thinking on that particular procedure and, and what is your message to, uh, to surgeons interested in this? You know, um, obesity is increasing worldwide. Um, And we have, as an only really evidence-based long-term treatment up-to-date biatric surgery. A sleeve gastrectomy is the most performed biatric procedure worldwide. And every surgeon has to be able to treat obesity and to perform sleeve gastrectomy in the right way because patients with obesity has a high, have a high risk of complications. They are really um, have a lot of comorbidities and they are really at risk. So um, my message is yeah, how to perform sleeve gastrectomy in the best way to perform it easily um, in short time and um, without complications. And this is the message of my presentation today here at AIS. Excellent. Well, I know um, if people are interested, they can find out more from one of our uh, short-form masterclass content that we've just recorded. Um, so thank you very much for your engagement. What are you looking forward to for the rest of the Congress? What are the other things you're going to be doing? 
yeah, I, I hope that I get new inputs um, to go always forwards, um, yeah, with new ideas and um, to adapt innovation uh, to my clinical practice. Lovely. And do you have some friends here as well? Because Italy is where you you work, and obviously yes, we're in Roma. Sure, sure. I'm I'm doing bariatric surgery for so many years now, so this international content. Uh, I have friends from all over the world here, so it's also a nice time to see, um, yeah, really friends, colleagues, um, which you, you can discuss, and you always get better. Wonderful. Well, thank you for your input and your time today. You're welcome. I'm joined by Pedro and Danil. Uh, uh, you're going to ask some questions around uh, Danil's involvement in the um, EAES and uh, so, so some of the issues that, that, that's on his horizon. Yes. Um, so good afternoon to everyone who is listening to us. Um, so I just brought Danil Miskovic, one of the most uh, important uh, general surgery consultants in specializing in colorectal. Uh, he's working in St. Mark's Hospital, one of the best uh, institutes that um, treat this kind of uh, colorectal cancer, and is also one of the um, uh, members of the European Society of Coloproctology that we would like, uh, uh, as as a society, EAS, uh, we would like to join together uh, in the front. Um, so, uh, good afternoon, Danilo. So, what, Hi. Um, what is your uh, purpose here in Rome? Uh, so I, I was invited to give a, a talk, and the talk was uh, mainly about uh, robotics and the state of the art of robotics in, in colon surgery. And that's one of my kind of um, specific areas of interest, um, colon cancer and how we can improve uh, outcomes through surgery. Um, and that's what I was here to talk about. Um, perfect. Um, and I just heard your uh, really nice presentation. And I heard uh, during the presentation that you brought and you are using now amazing technology about um, using um, three-dimensional uh, reconstruction uh, images from the vessels uh, that will uh, help you to guide your surgery. Uh, that's right. I mean, w one of the difficulties in, in um, especially more radical surgery for colon cancer, which we believe um, is of an advantage for, for patients, that they have uh, better survival and better uh, outcomes, uh, is that we have to really dissect around uh, quite complex anatomy, of, of uh, especially vascular anatomy. And uh, we're using uh, the CT scans that uh, are done anyway for these patients as staging scans um, to reconstruct the patient individual anatomy um, of, uh, of, yeah, of, of an individual patient um, because we know that um, that varies quite a lot between individuals um, and these vessels are not always very obvious because they're covered by, by fatty tissue and um, so what we are trying to do is kind of do almost like a semi-navigated procedure where we reconstruct the anatomy first so we can look at uh, anatomy in a three-dimensional space uh, we can decide what vessels we have to uh, dissect, what, which vessels we have to take. And then we're using these images during the operation. We feed them into the robot so we can actually watch these uh, uh, dynamically um, in the same way that we see the operation picture. Um, and that will help us to navigate through, uh, the, um, through, through this complex anatomy. Uh, thank you. Uh, it was amazing to see how you could uh, find the vessels 
<laughs> they were there because you already studied them. Um, one question about it. Uh, did you already study what are the costs involved with this uh, 3D reconstruction uh, or to the patient or to the, our hospital and the, um, the results of, of having or not uh, lesions? Um, the... So, so sorry, I'm not sure if I understand. You mean you mean the clinical benefit of using those, or or you mean the costs? You said costs. You mean the yeah. financial. I, I was yeah. I was asking both. So you of course you have clinical benefits unless you wouldn't, wouldn't uh, use it. But do you have a cost-effective uh, study about it? Uh, no, we haven't. Um, but I mean, the, the the problem at the moment is that making these 3D models is still a lot of manual labor. And I think as long as that's the case, um, it won't be able to be, you know, used widely or commercially even. Um, but what we are working on now, and that's our first step really, is to um, uh, create a system or a method whereby these uh, 3D reconstructions are happening more in a more automated way. So um, we're using AI algorithms to kind of... Um, um, teach a machine how to recognize the important structures so that the, uh, this, this process will be more automated. And then it's basically free. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, if someone exploits it and uses it commercially, then it's not free. <laughs> but, but in general, it doesn't need any manpower. It just needs a computer, basically, that can, that can do that. And then, it, and then it becomes so easily and widely available, available that there's no real reason not to use it. Even if the even if the you know the the kind of number needed to treat is absolutely uh, uh, the maximum. Yeah. Uh, in order to pres to 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 improve our security, we use everything. <laughs> um, uh, now I'll ask you um, what you can tell for the young members of this uh, society. Uh, what you would recommend to them. Because nowadays we have a lot of technology. Uh, I, for example, today we saw AI, robotics, um, every other technology that we can use. But this is not a, available for everyone. What is your recommendation for the young surgeons to keep up uh, with these technologies? Well, I, I think times are changing um, in that, you know, the... Um, surgery, I think, becomes more um, democratic <laughs> in a way, you know, that you have um, global platforms such as the EAS and uh, others, and you have technology that is um, helping to uh, um, get everybody up to speed. And I think societies like these are important exactly for that, so that people have access to information, access to what is actually happening. And yes, of course, maybe not everybody can buy you know, the most expensive robot right now, but um, I think it's changing so quickly in this field that um, um, things will become much more available um, to everyone. And so for the young surgeons, well, first of all, I think the important thing for the young surgeons to know is that they have chosen the right thing to do because <laughs> it's an exciting um, um, area in medicine and something that um, I can only recommend to do um, because of, you know, not because of the technology uh, or not only because of the technology, but because of, you know, it's, it's I think, a really exciting, um, uh, you know, all, all kind of general surgical topics are really exciting and moving fast and uh, lots of opportunities. Um, so I think um, it's, it's the right place to be at the right time now. Um, and I think what we can um, 
or what I hope that we can do is to really enthuse young people to um, to choose this career because I think we have been struggling struggling for some time to kind of really motivate people to go into that because it you know seems to be hard work and uh, you need a lot of time to uh, uh, spend at work um, to to achieve in this career. But I think it's it's really um, such an exciting area that we are hoping that we can attract people to do this. For sure, we will attract more and more people, young young members of to. That's why this this uh, society has created the Young Members Task Force. He created uh, my task force, that is communication task force, to spread the word, spread the word of this uh, and the work, the word and the work of this uh, really uh, great society that we have here. Do you think that this congress uh, can help people like like those? Um, that don't have those uh, resources. Yes, of course, and I think um, the, the, you know. Again, con conferences and con congresses have changed recently. I think after COVID, things have changed, uh, uh, and it's it's maybe more difficult nowadays to attract a, a big live audience. Um, and there are many um, options how you can join a, a conference and how you can how you can consume education. But there is still one thing that is. Um, unmatched uh, by having an event like this. This is obviously the personal touch and that you meet people, that you can communicate directly, that you network, um, that you get new ideas. And I think that can only happen on a face-to-face -face basis. So, so that's, that's yeah, yeah, that, that's what, what that's is the main reason for for coming back to personal, to person-to-person -person conferences. And one last, but not least, and uh, I think the hardest question is we also have a task that is creating a EAS OR playlist in the Spotify. So do you often listen music while you're, you're writing your surgeries? Um, I actually don't because I, my first paper I've ever written was about the impact of music in the operating theater. And um, what we found was that no music uh, had the best effect um, uh, as compared uh, to listening to music. The worst was listening to what we call activating music, so music that really kind of, uh, uh, you know, is is is, uh, is is very kind of uh, like rock or. For. So what we used actually the 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 the, the piece that we used for that surgery was um, uh, Valkyr by by. Um, uh, by Wagner, yeah. because that's a very—it's it's a, it's a piece that has been shown before um, in psychological research that that will really activate you, okay. and that had the most detrimental effect in in for for surgeons who were uh, learning. But I I love listening to music, <laughs> so I will give my recommendation anyway. Okay. I have to tell you what. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, which which one do you music do you recommend? So the piece that I would recommend is um, This Girl is on Fire by Alicia Keys because the future of surgery will be female. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. So we speak about uh, innovation, technology, um, uh, even in diversion and equity. So uh, thank you very much, Anil, for your interview here in EAS. Thank you very much. And thank you, Pedro, for taking over the interview in skills. And uh, I hope you have a great rest of your Congress. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, man. So I'd like to welcome Daniel Preda to the podcast. He's from a uh, general surgeon from Romania and is a regular attendee of the EAS, uh, but also part of uh, the research committee, I believe. So could you talk to us a little bit about what you do on that committee? Yeah, so hello. It's very good to be here with you. 
So there are multiple there are multiple subcommittees inside the research committee. One of them is uh, led by Shiraz Marker, and uh, one is led by uh, Stavros Antonio, the guideline subcommittee, which was something I was a part of, where we took a look at the gaps in the literature and worked on guidelines. Can you tell us about um, how you contribute to that committee, what it actually means to be a member of one? Well, to be a member of the research committee means that you have to put in the effort when it's needed, when the committee needs it, uh, to do the, the evaluation, uh, to do the evaluation of the, of the research projects which are being submitted, to participate inside the research sandpit for one. Generally speaking, whenever help is needed, you are expected to contribute. It has been an, an amazing experience being inside the research committee and meeting uh, meeting everyone there which now I, I would like to call friends and uh, I hope that this is just the beginning of our friendship. And I believe there's a call for new members at the moment, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. A new call is going to be launched soon and uh, I would like to invite anybody who desires and who has a, a keen eye on research to join us, to apply to join us at, uh, at, in this committee. Okay, fantastic. And uh, what do you think of Roma as a venue in terms of uh, coming here perhaps for professional development but also for holidays? What a, what a beautiful city. Actually, this is my first time being in, uh, in Rome and uh, the, the venue which we are currently now is the La Nuvola. Is, is absolutely stunning, it's beautiful. Uh, the quality of the, of the speakers, uh, speakers are uh, top. The presentations are also extremely good, the program is good. It's, it's been constant, uh, it's been a constant dive. And it's, it, it, I've found it very difficult to find the time to visit Rome. Yes, but uh, I think uh, Rome is a very beautiful city. It has a lot of history and um, I'm thinking of coming a second time with, with my wife. Yeah. Fantastic. And will you be attending the next uh, meeting in Maastricht? Yes, we w I will be attending the next EAES meeting in Maastricht, but also the winter meeting in Bucharest, which is going to be held in February 2024. Well, th thank you so much for taking some time to come and talk to us and I look forward to seeing you at subsequent meetings. Yes, thank you very much and uh, we will see each other at future meetings. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining Inside Surgery. Please visit our website at eaes.eu for a wealth of resources, information, events and research to support surgeons from across the region.